sometime in your life, if not today, you're going to need supernatural increase. In some area, in some dimension of your life, and when we talk about increase, it's easy to go quickly to things that are material, and that's certainly a big part of, of the revelation, because God cares about every part of you. Aren't you glad about that tonight? He cares about every aspect of you. And um, I want to just uh, remind you of this scripture we just, uh, we just mentioned a moment ago, and I think it's the Spirit of God just trying to emphasize this uh, to us tonight. But in Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. God has not destruction in mind for the sons of Jacob, but he has what? Victory and success and overcoming. This is the Overcomers Club. Look at somebody and say, I didn't walk into the bar tonight. I didn't walk into the club tonight. I walked into the Overcomers Club. And there's a very good reason why we're not consumed or destroyed or defeated. It's because he doesn't change. I mean, he's an expert at bringing his people out. Raise your hand if he ever brought you out of something. Everybody has an Exodus story. Not just the, you know, the Jews in, in Moses' day in Egypt, but everyone has something they can celebrate that God brought you out of. And uh, it may be that you need to be brought out of lack. Amen. Well, if you are, then he's, uh, he's the one to do it, isn't he, church? Say with me, he's my God, and he changes not. You see, there are some people that have taught in the body of Christ for years that there was a day for the supernatural. There was a day for the miraculous, but that day is past. The only reason he did that stuff was to prove his deity. Well, he never had to prove his deity. You either believe or you don't believe. What he did, he did out of compassion, listen to this, and he did it out of his nature. You'll remember that simple principle tonight, it will carry you through so many dark times and challenging times. God does what he does out of compassion, and he does what he does out of his nature. It is his nature to heal and deliver and set free. It's his nature to keep his word. It's his nature to increase his people. From Abraham on, he's always been interested in bringing his people to higher levels in every dimension of their lives. And we see the same thing repeated over in Hebrews 13, if you'll turn over there. Remember, it's always good for you to listen, to say things, to confess things, but it's also good for you to put your eyes on them. If you really want to uh, see with, with fresh eyes and hear with fresh ears, you want to make sure that you're looking at these things as well. It's easy to get into a habit of just kind of going through the motions and letting somebody you know, speak to you or preach or teach, but engage your eyes and your ears and your mouth as we do this. Um, no, Hope Harbor's not a cult. That's not why we make you say things. We make you say the Bible. Bible confessions. And that's not all unusual. If you grew up in a liturgical church like me, we had confessions all the time. In fact, our liturgy every single Sunday had some dimension of where the speaker would speak, the pastor would speak, and the people would reply. And all of a sudden, in a spirit-filled context, in a word context, somehow that's weird to people. It should never be weird to us to confess the things of God in the house of God. This is where we're actually trained to go out and live a certain way and live in victory. But again, the same thing is, uh, is, is ministered to us here in uh, chapter 13. I love this, uh, this reminder 
in verse 5, never will I leave you. What? Never will I forsake you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of uh, life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is what? The same yesterday, today, and forever. So if there's ever a time where he increased people supernaturally, he's still doing it today. If there was ever a time where he increased people in terms of health or vitality or finances, then he's doing the same thing today. Now, I don't know what area you might need increase in, but I know there's a God of increase available for you. And he is faithful, isn't he, church? Actually, he's just getting started with us. Look at somebody and say, we're just warming up. Amen? Just circling the airport, hallelujah. About to take off in the direction that he wants us to take off on. So, what, um, you know, where is the supernatural for the believer? That's the question. Where is the locus of that? And to, to get to the heart of this, we need to start with a strong foundation, of course, and that is the Word of God. So go to Romans chapter 10. And chapter uh, 10 not only unlocks the keys to how someone gets saved or experiences the new birth, it's actually the foundation for the entire Christian walk. It is the key to receiving in any area of your life. Now, if you've been through uh, some or most of these messages, these factor messages, we've, we've learned already that the first factor is walking in the ways of God. Walking, in other words, it is truth. If we don't make the quality decision that His Word is first place and final authority, then all the other factors don't matter, do they? If you don't believe what God says about it, then it'll make a difference what we say after that point. We've not made the quality decision to walk in the truth or walk in the ways of God. Then we talked about faithfulness. Say it with me, I am faithful. And then we talked about diligence, being steady in the application of your walk with God. Then we talked about being a tither. Say I'm a tither. Then we talked about being a sower. Say I'm a sower. And because of that, we have tithers' rights, and we have the promises of the sower. Are we not blessed people? Say it again. Say, tithers rights and sower's promises. And can I tell you, the devil will every single day of your life, every month, every year, try to talk you out of those tithers rights and sower's promises by trying to put pressure on you not to comply to what God says. It's not God holding out on you. It's the devil trying to rob you blind from all the wonderful things God would do if we would line up. So we know there'll be tithers and sowers, but we also have learned to be believing believers. And so what happens now is all these things converge with the seventh principle that line up with the historicity of Christianity as an oral tradition. Say it with me, an oral tradition. We're blessed because we have the written word. But that wasn't always the case in Israel's history or the early church in terms of the New Testament scriptures. We are blessed because we have it. But we have to understand why this is so. And the reason it's an oral tradition, the reason orality is such a big deal is because it reflects the very nature of God. When God wanted to create something, what did He do? He spoke it. Now, if we really believe that I'm a child of God and we sing that song and actually believe what we're singing, then we should take on the same habits and nature of God. We should be, as Ephesians 5.1 says, we should imitate or follow God as dear children. Does that make sense? Uh, there's a reason why Timothy's a big St. Louis Cardinals fan and not a Cub fan. Well, first of all, he doesn't want to go to hell. But second of all, 
Uh, I didn't say White Sox, I said Cubs. There you go. So you can just hold on to your White Sox hat there, my brother. <laughs> but where did you get the idea that it was a good idea to be a St. Louis Cardinals fan? You know, it shouldn't come as a surprise that the, the sons and the daughters will take on the attributes and the values and, you know, the interests of, of the father, especially when there is a good relationship there. I mean, no, we should have a good relationship with our father. So, but many people have a disconnect. Now, God, that's how God operates. How dare you think that you're supposed to operate? How dare you think you should operate different from God? How dare you think that his nature would be one way and your nature would be different? Aren't you glad that you're not illegitimate? If you're born again, you're really children of God. Say, I am a child of God, and I'm going to imitate my father. And if somebody doesn't like it religiously or legalistically, that's just their problem. You're just doing what the Word of God says. Paul said, imitate. Amen? Imitate your father as dear or devoted children or children that are dearly loved. Does that make sense? And you know what that child wants to do? That child wants to grow up and be just like him. That child is influenced by him. That child is, is walking like him and talking like him. And that's the whole essence of what this is all about. So when we, when we talk about this seventh factor, it's critical that you understand the great oral tradition of Christianity and make up your mind that you're not going to stumble over the concept of speaking or confessing or declaring your faith and using your mouth as a tool, as a weapon, as a creative force in your life. Uh, you know, most of us grew up in the body of Christ, and all we ever heard about was the damage the mouth will do, the negative things. Don't do this, and don't do that, and don't say this, and don't gossip, and don't talk, and don't cuss. And all that's, you know, correct in terms of, you know, essence, but we left out a very powerful thing. How many know we don't get ahead in line because of all the don'ts? We get ahead and get victorious because of the do's. Does that make sense? Um, it's not just you know, keeping the Ten Commandments, not breaking those, but it's actually living a life that's consistent with a positive application of those. You know, um, if you love your neighbor as yourself, you're not going to do certain things that violate the Ten Commandments. And that's where he's wanting to get us to, is a place where we're proactive on this. So um, I'm just going to kind of teach this like you never heard it before. Can you receive it like you never heard it before? And just so the Lord caused the revelation to explode on the inside of you. And if you've never had teaching on the authority of the believer, the, the seat of the authority of the believer is, is the mouth, is the tongue. The Bible tells us that we can control the whole ship. The, the tongue actually controls the direction of the entire animal. It's so important you get this because what's going to happen is all of your walking in the truth and all of your diligence and faithfulness, your tithing and your sowing and your believing, it's all going to come together in a crescendo and released out of your mouth. And I'm going to tell you something. When you have all those other six factors in play, you are a force in the spirit realm to be reckoned with. What happens is you become very bold because you know what you believe, you know what the Word says, you know what you do. I'm going to tell you something, church. When you are tithing, for example, and you're sowing when God tells you to sow, there's a confidence in you. There's a supernatural boldness in you that I'm doing what God told me to do. And when I say something, I release something out of my mouth that carries authority and weight. There's no condemnation there. Do you see that? You're lined up with these principles, and now you're just releasing the Word of God, you know, on purpose, with intentionality. You're doing something on purpose. Say it with me. I say what God says on purpose. 
See that? Not by accident or every once in a while, every blue moon when something really falls apart. But this is the new habit of your life. You intentionally say what God says. So write this down. All confess means is to say the same thing as. That's all it means. When you sin and you confess your sin, you say the same thing that God says about that. How many you know it's not a problem, it's not a mendacity, it's not a habit, it's a what? It's a sin. And so to confess your sin is to say the same thing that God would say about that. But in every area of life, what does God say about your body? What does God say about your mind? What does God say about your marriage? What does God say about your finances? What does God say about your purpose and your direction? What does God say about your authority as a believer? What does God say about all these things? And then now, if you're going to confess it, you're going to say the same things that God said. We cannot live you know, God's best for our lives if we keep on talking opposite to what he says. In other words, I can't go around contradicting my father and expect it to go well for me. And I have, and, and so have you. And I'll tell you this, even after we go through this for several sessions, uh, you're still going to have to war to maintain this. This is one of the most exciting revelations for any Christian to get. I don't care what your church background is, it doesn't make any difference how you were raised, to discover that we really are to function like he functioned. We're supposed to reflect him as his people. It's an exciting thing. But I'll tell you what, it's one of the easiest revelations to lose. And get right back into the habit of talking like everybody else in the natural way. See, you and I are... Our, our spirit beings having a natural experience. Too many people live as natural beings having a spiritual experience. We come to church, you know, and we go to heaven one day, praise the Lord. But the truth of the matter is, you're not just physical. That's actually the lowest form of who you are. You're a spirit being. You're made in what? God's image. How many believe you're actually made in God's image? Say that with me. I am made in His image. Well, if I'm made in his image, shouldn't I conform to his example? Okay? Yeah. So, say it with me. Confession. We're talking about speaking. That is the seventh factor. If you really want to see supernatural increase, this has to be a habit in your life. And not just speaking. How many know we're all good at talking? But when I say speaking, I mean on purpose choosing your words and letting the word of God come out of your mouth and come out in faith consistently on a daily basis, no matter what's going on. And it's not easy. You don't live in a bubble. So what I don't want you to do is think about all the times that you let go with your mouth and said some stupid things and said some things that were wrong or hurt somebody's feelings or came against them. That's not what this is about tonight. Amen? I mean, understand, if you repented of that and confessed that it's under the blood, it's time to move forward. You can't go forward and backwards at the same time. Look at somebody and say, I'm going forward. So in Romans 10 is the foundation of what the ancients actually called Christianity. They called it the Great Confession. Isn't that something? Say it with me. It's the Great Confession. We could call it a lot of things, but I'm talking about what they understood this was because it started with a confession. We know what Jesus said. If you confess me before men... You see that? I can't believe that's going to change my entire destiny for all eternity by, by actually confessing Christ. Well, it's a lot bigger deal to him. It needs to be a bigger deal to us. 
we don't see the power, the efficacy. We don't see all that goes into how important it is to line up with what He says about us. But when you confess Christ, it's a big deal. Amen. Now, you and I are going to live in this world, and this is a free society, and people can do and say what they want to do. That doesn't mean that you and I have to agree with them. I like what Keith Moore said. He said, I don't have to you know, agree with you to prove I love you. I can disagree with you and love you. Are you here tonight? And part of this is, is, is applying this principle to your life because a lot of people either won't have revelation or they won't have diligence in this area. I guess what I'm saying to you is if you're, if you're doing the, the six variables, uh, the six factors to say that I am, walking in the truth, is this, is this the Word of God to you? That's a big time commitment right there. Are you faithful? Are you diligent? Are you tithing? Are you sowing? And are you a believing believer? If God said you believe it, no argument, no debate, no fuss. You just believe what he said. I'm telling you, this is the factor that throws you over the top. This changes everything in your life. And every believer needs to know how to, to use the authority they have as a believer in a specific and powerful way, putting the Word of God in and having it come out of your mouth on purpose, with purpose, amen, consistently. Say it with me, on purpose and with purpose. And so Romans 10, if you're raised like me as a good Lutheran kid, you, you really needed to understand what he was saying here. And I guess let's, uh, let's start uh, with about verse... I don't know. In the between here, part of verse, uh, part of verse eight. But what does it say? The word is near you. That means the solution is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming. Now watch this. Faith is what it's proclaimed. That's why it's called the great confession. Not just confess Jesus and then live the rest of your life the way you want to, but if you start something with confession, how many know you should continue it with confession? Does that make sense tonight? Why would you start something with a spiritual principle and walk away from it? Look at somebody and say, dance with the one that brung you. And the one that brung you is confession. It's the word of faith we're proclaiming that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is your heart that you believe and are justified, it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Or confession is made unto salvation. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Down a little bit further, and all who call upon the name of the Lord, what? Shall be what? Calling with what? The mouth. A heart filled with faith and a, and a mouth that cries out. Kind of like Bartimaeus going to have an amen. When the whole world's telling you to shut up, what did Bartimaeus do? Cried out all the more. Well, what did he do? Was he annoying people? No. When he said he was crying out, Jesus, son of David, throne holder, prophet, priest, and king, you can do something about my problem here. He completely in that, in that cry, you know, expressed a confidence that if you got involved in this situation, my life's forever changed. 
When he said, when he said those words, you know, son of David, he knew exactly what he was saying, and Jesus knew that he knew exactly what he was saying. And that's the whole point. And how many understand? They even told him to shut up, but it caught Jesus' attention. Listen, don't worry about everybody telling you to shut up. Family and religious people in this world and broadcasters telling you to shut up. You need to speak up all the more right now. Speak the truth in love, but speak up all the more about what God actually has said. And that's the, that's the foundation here. Um, raise your hand if you know you're born again. No question about it. I didn't say perfect. I said what? I said born again. Raise your hand if you're born again. Okay? Uh, you got born again, not because of what you did, not your perfection, but because you believed in your heart and you said with your mouth. You repented of your sin and you confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and confession was made unto salvation. Watch this. Confession made salvation. Now why didn't you do anything? Because that's a gift of God. It is a gift of God. It is the grace of God that you and I can confess something and then have it. Yes. Confession is pregnant with power. It is filled with the supernatural by its very nature. So when you confess Christ, it's not some little you know, thing that's devoid of power or influence. It's just kind of religious, whatever the case may be, whatever might be in the back of your mind. But the grace of God, it's the grace of God that you and I can believe and confess Christ and our entire future is transformed by it. We were translated out of darkness into light. We were sent from hell into heaven. Amen. By what? By confession. Listen carefully. There's an anointing on confession. There's a calling on confession. Every good thing that you want to see happen in your life, if you'll get hold of this principle, you will see manifest because there is the grace. It's a gift of God that we can believe and confess things and see them come to pass. We are most blessed. There are a couple of revelations that if I were the devil, and I'm glad I'm not, I'd be going to hell, amen, be in hell. <laughs> but there are a couple of revelations that if I wanted to keep God's people marginal and defeated, once I, I, I convinced them that tongues is of the devil. And I would shut that down as fast as I can because the power that is on that to build yourself up in your most holy faith. The devil hates it because he can't stop it. Everything you pray in tongues comes to pass. Listen to what I said. Everything you pray in tongues comes to pass. Everything you pray in tongues lines up with the word of God. Everything. And he can't stop it. And some people, all you have to do is say, well, that passed away, or that's of the devil, and boom, they'll just stop doing it, or they'll just fail you know, under condemnation, they'll stop doing it, and the devil's just clapping, got another one, got another one. Here you have a born-again, spiritual Christian, not even using that gift, hallelujah, I got another one to shut up. No, like Bartimaeus, 2021 is the time to raise your voice in the Spirit more than you ever have before, and use that because that is a, that is a demonstration. It, what is it? It's oral, it's vocal. See a pattern here. Tongues is just one manifestation of your confession. Let me just rewind that. Tongues is just one manifestation of your confession. Don't you dare let the devil have it. And you say, well, I don't have it. Then ask the Lord to baptize you in the Holy Ghost with the evidence and speak in other tongues, and he will do it. He is faithful, who promised. 
He's no respecter of persons. He doesn't care about your background. He even baptizes in the Holy Ghost Lutherans. And if he'll do it for us, and I've seen it. Catholic, Presbyterian, Brethren, Lutheran, Disciples of Christ, Christian Church, you know, Baptists by the dozens. It doesn't bother me if you're a Baptist background. God doesn't care what your background is. He cares that you embrace everything that he died to give you. Amen. And the revelation is, is, is simple. And you know, our, our kissing cousins, the Methodists, that's where we came from. <laughs> Say it with me. It's one manifestation. One dimension of my confession. And the other thing I would do is I would shut down any confidence, understanding, revelation you have in the principle of confession. Let you adopt a fatalistic view of things even as a child of God. You never know what God's going to do. Amen. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Que sera, sera, whatever will be. You know what? We need to have more confidence in God than popular culture and what it told us to believe. Let me help you out here. Forrest Gump. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. With confession, I do know what I'm going to get because I'm the one that put it in the box. I use my mouth to fill my box. Now, you remember probably when your family got maybe some chocolates for Christmas or Valentine's Day, and, and somebody always took the best ones out. And occasionally, some idiot would go in there and bite into one or two and then put it back in the box. Yeah, some of y'all have done that. Shamey, shamey. <laughs> how do they get in the box? Well, Pastor Russell Stover packs them at the plant. That's how they get in there. We have this mentality that we're just stuck with what somebody handed us, never realizing that you and I have the ability, just like we got to put salvation in that box, amen, and, and heaven in that box, and a new life in that box, and forgiveness in that box, and righteousness in that box, there are other things he wants you to have in that box of chocolate. So when somebody says, you never know what you're going to get, they've been listening too much to the world. Are you here tonight? Que sera, sera, whatever will be. Christians do the same thing. They may never ever say that, well, that's my philosophy of life, but they do say things like, well, you never know what God's going to do. He preserved the Word of God all these years so that we would know what His nature is, what He does and what He doesn't do. And Christians to this day are still confused about what the devil does and what God does. So let me break it down for you just as simply as I can tonight. Amen. If it's good, it's God. If it's bad, it's the devil. That is so complicated. Well, I always heard that God would do bad to teach you something. That's because you had your ears inclined to the wrong thing. Get your ears back on the Word of God, and you'll find out that He's a good God. And that doesn't mean He can, he can beat you up and then put you back together and to teach you, and that's good. No. If you think it's bad, then guess what? I'll put you this way. If you abuse your child, the state of Kentucky will take your child away from you because they say it's bad. At the same time, that same Christian will say, God can do it and it's good. What have you been drinking? What's in your box of chocolates? Those little alcoholic things? A few rum balls, amen? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense if you just think about it. He's either good or he's not. And if you and I know that certain things are bad, then how can we turn around and say, God did this, but it's good because it's God? 
No, it's good because it's good, and that's his very nature, is what? Is goodness. And he made it simple. And Jesus comes along and he makes it so simple for us. I have come <laughs> that they might have life and life more abundantly to the full till it overflows. Now, what contrast did he make in that scripture? He said, the thief cometh not before to steal and kill and destroy. Now, I thank God that this spirit-filled Lutheran guy got to sit under ministry by a spirit-filled Baptist guy when I heard him scream out repeatedly, all that steals and kills and destroys is the devil. And all that is the source of life and abundant life is what? Is God. Now, at that moment, you have to make a quality decision. Are you going to make your mind king over the word, or are you going to make the word of God king over? over your mind. It's a quality decision that I'm going to live. Again, it goes back to number one, walking in the truth. That's why none of these things will work on their own, but together they converge with great power. Amen. Look at somebody and tell them, you get to fill the box with the words of your mouth. If you don't like something that's in your box, just take it out and replace it. Glory to God. This is the foundation, and it starts with the greatest miracle of all, your new birth. Now, you never saw anything ever supernatural in your life. You've already had the most outstanding thing happen to you. I mean, uh, have you noticed that time has accelerated? In two weeks, it'll be July. It seemed like yesterday we were just praising God that 220 was over. Right? <laughs> Hallelujah. And now we're almost in what? July. And I can't prove it because I'm not, I'm not seeing his, his hand on this thing. But somehow he's got his hand on the clock. I said he's got his hand on the clock. Well, when people get older, it seems that time flies. No, time's flying even for people that are young right now. They're starting to say the same things. They used to say things like, you know, when we were young, the summers lasted forever. And now the kids say, we got to go back to school already? There's something going on supernaturally, and the Lord is moving, and he's about to wrap this thing up. How many think we should wrap this thing up in victory and not defeat? Tapping into everything he ordained for you to have. And sharing the truth with other people so they can walk in victory as well in these days. This is a grand reunion coming. Amen. Amen. I said a grand reunion coming. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. They're going to get their glorified body. Then you and I that are left behind and remain are going to be caught up together. And in a flash, we're going to receive our glorified body. And whoo. But before we do that, let's make sure we get everybody on the boat that we can. Let's get everybody in the ark that we can. And that's why it's so important you understand this, that the greatest miracle you'll ever experience was performed through the agency of the anointed mouth. Now watch this. You don't begin your faith journey with one mechanism and then God changes it, or even worse, confuses it, doesn't tell you how to receive from God. If you receive... Your new birth this way, you receive everything that the Bible promises the same way.
Confession is made unto salvation. Say it with me. Confession is made unto salvation. The mouth is called and anointed to make things manifest that God promised. The mouth, the tongue is anointed and called to bring things to pass that God has promised. But it requires that you believe it in your heart and what? You say it with your mouth. Did we not talk about believing believers? We believe in our heart and we say with our mouth. And confession is made unto salvation. I write this down. Salvation is actually the Greek word soteria. It's S-O-T-E-R-I-O. And soteria is one of those loaded, loaded, huge words in the Greek. And it actually means soundness or wholeness. Salvation refers to wholeness in, in your spiritual walk, but that's not where it stops. The blood that was shed for you and me, it, it was shed for every dimension of our lives. Every part. That's why no matter what happens, we're going to keep on believing God. Amen? No matter what thing comes against your mind, you're going to believe that you have the mind of Christ. No matter what comes against your body, you're going to believe God for restoration and live out your days and do what God has called you and assigned you to do. No matter what happens against you in terms of finances, you're going to believe God that you're coming out of that thing in Jesus' name. He's not done with you. He's not leaving you without help and supply. The Bible's filled with stories of how God cares about even the natural things for his people. Humans make divisions and separations about what God cares about. Look at this from God's perspective. He cares about it all. 100% of you, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, relationally, occupationally, financially, ministerially, he cares about it all. Aren't you glad we serve that kind of a God than some tyrant out there, some demon, you know, hiding behind an idol? Because that's what the world has. You and I have the real deal. Say it with me, it's the great confession. Say it again, it's the great confession. The supernatural, the word is near you. That's how close the supernatural is. If the word is near you, guess what? The supernatural is near you. You'll see in Scripture a pattern where if the word goes forth, the supernatural follows. Jesus went around preaching and teaching and healing. The scripture says the same thing when it tells us that he confirms the word with what? Signs following. The signs follow the confession. The signs follow the declaration. The signs follow the anointed use of the mouth. And I'll tell you, all it takes is just open up your heart and say, God, just teach me your ways and show me your truth. You know, give me revelation. How many know he loves to give his people revelation? Yes. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 1, 12. Go there for a moment. If you ever wonder where that's at, just go to Isaiah and then turn right. Jeremiah 1.12, the Lord said to me, you have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is what? 
He's watching the what? So when the word goes forth, what is he doing? He's watching. You just discovered who the power and the force is behind confession. If the word comes out of your mouth, guess who's watching to make sure it's performed and comes to pass? So when somebody confesses Christ, who's watching to make sure that that miracle is complete? The Lord. The Lord is the one backing up what his word actually says. So in not just one area, but in every area of life. If there's something confessed that pertains to one dimension of your life, he is watching over his word to what? Don't you take great comfort in that? Here's the Bible, have a nice life, we'll see you on the other side. No, God is active in your life. Amen. Amen. He is active. When the word goes forth, he's watching over to see that it comes to pass. I'm telling you that your praise is not wasted. Your thanksgiving is not wasted. Your prayer is not wasted. You praying in the Holy Ghost is not wasted. You confessing the word of God is not wasted. The devil will try to teach you and, and, and get you to believe that, but it's a lie from the pit of hell. Your, your devotional life is not wasted. Your time in the house of God is not wasted. Thank you, Father. Amen. He's watching over his word to perform it. Now, what is the agency of that performance? Go over to Psalm 103 for a moment. Look at somebody and say, he's building a big house. He needs a really good foundation. Psalm 103, verse 20. Now, who's watching over his word to perform it? And does anybody tell me, according to Hebrews, what angels are? Angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister under the what? The heirs of soteria, the heirs of soundness in every area of life. In other words, they are the agents of the God who's watching over his word to perform it. He, in fact, has sent forth these ministering spirits to bring to pass the things that are said. Using the call and the anointing of confession, God has committed himself to bring these things to pass, and the literal agency of that force are angelic beings. Now watch this in Psalm 103, uh, verse 20. Praise the Lord, you as angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. The, the, you know, the uh, King James speaks of hearkening and diligent under the voice, voice of what? Our God, according to Deuteronomy 28. Angels do that. If they don't do that, they're done. There's no debate. Here's what God told them to do. They go do it. In other words, they don't hearken diligently unto unbelief and doubt and fear and things that contradict the Word of God. They actually respond under God's authority in the direction of the Word of God. So that's why it's so important that we have things like, you know, walking in the truth and diligence and faithfulness and tithing and so on and believing as a foundation so that things that come out of our mouth are things that activate the holy ones and not deactivate them. Do you know that everybody in this room has an angelic assignment? You're not in this world alone. You ever feel like somebody's watching you? They are. And some of them are just sitting on, you know, chair's edge, just ready to go to town spiritually. 
And they need the believer to have revelation of this and on purpose say what God says about these things and keep on saying them. Now, there are some people like my mom, for example, that their angels want to transfer. They just want to put in for a transfer because, they, you know, that's enough. <laughs> and tag team, somebody else get in here and take over, you know. Um, some of you maybe were called accident prone growing up. You're the, you're the same way. And so, they, you know, you need to send somebody else in there. I'm getting tired here. But most of them are bored out of their heads. They're there. God doesn't care. God never sees. God never moves. And you and I aren't doing what's required. When the word goes forth, they go into action. Well, let God say it. Guess what? God gave you the authority, according to Proverbs, it says there's life and death and what? The power of the tongue or the yod of the tongue or the right hand of the tongue, the right hand of God is delegated in the mouth of the human being who's born again, and you and I don't use it. And then we turn around and go, well, God sends your angels. And God's saying, I've already delegated authority to your tongue. And they respond, they hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord our God to the word. And we're not doing it. And so they're bored. Amen. They're not working. Like so many people that have received a stimulus check. They're not working anymore. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> And help me understand that they're the agents of the supernatural. Does that make sense? Um, how many of y'all believe he's, he's still the healer? How many believe in miracles? He still does miracles? Uh, who do you think carries the miracle? Who do you think carries the body part? They're not just out there floating around, you know, and playing a harp and having a good time. They're real. And they do all sorts of things from carry things that pertain to soteria into the life of the believer to supernatural protection. That's where some of you have really worked your angels. But it's real. Um, it's very important to get hold of this today that... that we could have so much more in terms of manifestation if we would just make the adjustment and the decision that we're going to speak the word on purpose no matter how we feel. And you know what doesn't make any difference if you're on top of the world or depressed as you can be if you'll speak the word of God in faith? So if you've been training yourself to think about to feel a certain way, be on top of the world, be the best Christian in the world for this work, no, all you need to do is line it with the principle. Amen? And your sorry self can have a great victory. Amen. That's another lie of the devil. You're not in a position. You are not in a position for confession. So you just settle down. Six months maybe you'll be ready. Then you can use this in a work for you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Your confession will work right now. Your confession will move the heavenly beings right now in the direction of the word of God. Not when you start feeling bitter about life. It's the biggest con in the world is that I have to be on top of the world for this to work for me. To be honest with you, I've seen it many times move where I've not been on top of the world. But you can't stay underneath the world very long when you see God moving in your life like that. Where you do what he tells you to do and he 
brings all these factors together. I begin to on purpose say what God says. Even when you don't feel like it, you keep on saying what God says. It's amazing what happens. Don't let that supernatural stay dormant in your life. Speak it out boldly. It's near you. See, if you're not careful, oh God, if you would do something, send a miracle. Or send so-and-so, brother so-and-so, or sister so-and-so to do a miracle campaign here. There's, there it is. There's a miracle. If we just had this, or we had that, or we had this person, or we had that, then we would have the supernatural, and we'd have increase. The word is near what? You. Amen. I just need for someone to pour out of me, you know, a fresh dose of the river of God. According to the word of God, you're the well. You may be dry. You may not be flowing like you should, but guess what? You're born again spirit. According to John 7, you're actually the what? You're the well. It springs up where? Up, up into eternal life. There's actually eternal life in us if we'll just let it spring forth. So it's critical that you, you get a hold of this. When the word goes forth, the angels spring into action on our behalf. I want you to see this over in uh, Psalm 78. Just a couple simple principles here for you. Say this with me. God's not holding out on me. Come on, say it like you mean it. God's not holding out on me. Psalm uh, 78, verse 18, they willfully put God to the test. Oh, God's testing me. Well, not according to this. By demanding the food they crave, they spoke a what? They spoke what? Can you see that speaking against God's probably not going to work for you? They spoke against God, saying, mark it, highlight it, star it, whatever you have to do. They spoke against God, saying, can God spread a table in the desert? What's the answer to that? God can spread a table anywhere. When he struck the rock, water gushed out and streams flowed abundantly, but can he also give us food? Can he supply meat for his people? No matter what God did, they came back with unbelief. Go on down to, uh, to verse 41. Again and again, they put God to the test. They vexed the Holy One of Israel. If you have a different translation, write this word down. They limited the Holy One of Israel. They said, God did this, but can he do that? He did this, but I don't think he can do this. He can do anything you can believe for. In other words, it's not God limiting us. We're limiting whom? We're limiting God. And how are we limiting him? With our mouth. That's how they vexed him. That's how they limited him. That's how they actually limited God's manifestation in their lives with their mouth. And when you think about it, when they were moaning and groaning, the scripture says in Numbers that God heard everything they said. And here's what he said. He said, I will do everything that you said. Now, they didn't want ultimately what happened because of what they said, but guess who started it? They did. Well, guess what? If it will produce negative consequences in our life, how many you know it will produce positive consequences in our lives? They limited the Holy One of Israel with the things that they said. God was not holding out on them. He's not holding out on us. But we limit his operation in our lives with the words that we say. 
Look, we all started out getting saved because of our confession. Sometimes we just got lazy after that. Raise your hand if you could use something supernatural in your life, in your family. There's something you could use right now. You need God to move in a certain situation or area. Um, the same way you got saved is the same way you'll see that thing come to pass. Not a new system, not something different, the same way that he brought you into the kingdom of God. Listen to this again in Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life, death and life, death and what? Life are in the power of the tongue. And they who indulge it or love it shall eat the fruit of it. They who love it, what this simply means is those that line up their lives with that will benefit from it if you practice this. What this means is the authority of the believer is, is really you know, encapsulated in this thought, this idea that the delegated authority of God rests in your mouth. The authority, the seat of the authority of the believer is the mouth. Look at somebody and say, there's more to your mouth than meets the eye. Amen. Think about it. When you were a baby, did your mouth feed you? No. So can God cause you to live without a mouth? He could have. Why do you have a mouth? that speaks because you are made in God's image. You are a unique creation. Amen? Look at somebody and tell them, you're something else. That's what you are. You are something else. We are a creation that can think, fashion, and form and speak words at will. There are animals that communicate, but there are only, only one creation that does what we do. Why? Because there's only one creation that's made in his image. That's why we have the mouth. So we walk in the ways of God, the truth of God. We walk in faithfulness and we walk in diligence and we're tithers and we're sowers and we're believers. Then we speak what the word says about our situation and we can expect for God to move in that situation. Here's the problem. Somebody will hear this maybe for the hundredth time or maybe the first time. I don't know which would apply to you tonight. It doesn't really make any difference because we're all listening like we've never heard before in our lives. Because we have ears to hear, don't we, church? So it really make a difference tonight. We're all on the same page. People will, will do this for a day or a week or a month. They'll really try to apply this discipline to their life and, and something won't go exactly like they want it to go. And so they'll say to themselves, you know what, this faith stuff doesn't work. This confession stuff, stuff doesn't work. Let me tell you something. The, the fact that you got born again this way proves you're wrong. Every time you're tempted to say that confessing the things of God doesn't work, go back and remember you wouldn't be a Christian right now if it didn't work. You'd still be dead in your sins and on your way to hell if it didn't work. It works. It just takes, of course, some discipline. And write this down. It takes a thing called proficiency. You'll be amazed if you start doing all these principles and factors and you get your mouth lined up with them, what it will produce. But I need you to understand the concept of proficiency. Say it with me, proficiency. Just because you're not 100% proficient does not mean it's not working in your life. Everybody in this room is called to live a wholly separated life. Raise your hand if you're 100% proficient in holiness right now. 
I want your autograph. I want to shake your hand. Come on, 100%. You have arrived when it comes to holiness. You are there. Anybody? Any takers tonight? Any of y'all? How do you know we are called to love people even when they don't love us? We love them back if they stab us in the back. We love them if our name is not safe in their mouth, which is for a lot of people. That's the way it is. We're supposed to stay what? In love, out of offense, out of bitterness. But how many would say you're not 100% proficient when it comes to love yet? But how many know we're heading that direction? And one day you will be 100% holy. You're 100% righteous right now because that's the gift of God. But one day you'll be 100% holy. And one day you'll be 100% never coming out of love. Just like Jesus. But should you be progressing? Huh? Should things have fallen off your life that you were involved in 10, 15, 20 years ago? Yes. Should you be able to forgive people when they mistreat you? More than maybe you did two years ago or three? Yes. And it's the same thing with the confession of your mouth. If you're not careful, you look at what didn't happen when you confess the word of God because you weren't as proficient and say this stuff doesn't work and give up even though you're making great progress. One day you'll be just like Jesus. He looks at the fig tree, may you never bear fruit again. Boom, it's over. There's also an element of grace here because most of you going down the highway, if somebody cuts you off, you go jerk. And if you were 100% proficient, they would start jerking going down the highway. And that's the way they would live the rest of their lives. Because a Christian who is proficient called them what? A jerk or even worse. What if every person you told go to hell instantly went there? Because you're 100% proficient. Moving right along. Can you see how some sanctification together with our confession might be a good thing? If you get to thinking about it, you don't want everything you said recently to come to pass. But if you are 100% proficient, too late. You're walking in it. Raise your hand if you said some things you do not want to come to pass, either privately or to somebody else. But we're, we're moving forward, aren't we? Look. You don't hit a home run every time you get up to bat. But do you notice if you don't get up to bat, you'll never get a home run? I don't know about you, but every time I bowl as a kid, I would not get a strike. I wanted a strike. I tried to throw the ball in such a way that I get a strike. But guess what? Sometimes you get what? The 8-10 split. It looks like, you know, that one thing where it's just like somebody knocked you in the mouth. Your teeth are everywhere. But if you never throw the ball down the alley, you'll never get a strike. Do you see this? If you're shooting free throws, you don't hit all of them all the time. But if you don't shoot and don't, you know, throw the ball at the basket, then you will never make the shot. When it comes to confession, Christians get real goofy because they start applying a standard that they don't apply to any other area of their natural life or Christian life. 
If I don't get 100% of this, then I'm done. If I can't be 100% perfect tomorrow, then I'm not doing this Christian thing anymore. Well, have a nice life. <laughs> if I can't stay 100% in love all the time from now on, then I'm done with this. And I'm just going to tell people what I really think then. I'm just going to come completely out of love. No. Proficiency. Just like holiness proficiency and love proficiency, we haven't arrived, but we need to be improving. Receiving more with our mouth this year than five years ago. Receiving more next month than we did last month. Becoming more and more proficient. I guess what I'm trying to tell you is, is the guy that gets up in the batter's box hits more home runs than the guy that never gets in the batter's box. The guy that goes to the bowling alley and throws the ball down the aisle, you know, he's one that's going to get more strikes than the guy that never shows up at the bowling alley. And the one that keeps on shooting and keeps on practicing, he's the one that's going to have the highest percentage of free throws in the game of basketball. But this is far more important than basketball, bowling, and baseball. Here's the point. You're going to get more victories and more soteria following the principles of confession than if you didn't follow the principles of confession. That's why this is so important. See that higher percentage of breakthroughs, a higher percentage of victories, a higher percentage of overcoming. This is what? The overcomer's club. Come on, shout it. I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. I am victorious. In Jesus' name, say it. I walk in the truth. I'm diligent, faithful, a tither, a sower, a believer, and a speaker. I'm part of the great confession. And you're going to get a whole lot more results than if you don't enter the game at all. And sit back on the one miracle you got through confession, because that's how you got it. And just sit there until Jesus comes or you die. That's your choice. But you could be having a whole lot more soteria now. But the only way to get it, speak the word, Activate those angels who do God's bidding. He's watching over his word to perfect it and perform it in your life. Can you receive that tonight? Yeah. Come on, give him a big hand clap and thank him for it.